today we're talking about uh, cultivation, plants, family, society, everything, growing. Homesteading. Uh, homesteading, which I know nothing about except what I've seen on YouTube. That's and my favorite place to learn. <laughs> from from many, what I understand. How many, YouTube, how many YouTube videos have you watched on homesteading? Oh, you would, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I, I probably would if it's been from a lot. What, from what I understand, a homesteader's daytime career is YouTube and their homesteading is secondary. <laughs> their career is homesteading on YouTube. I think about, so every time I'm like rushing around doing work, I do think about, I'm like, how do these people have the time to make YouTube videos? And most of them all have children too. And they're like actually edited with sound cut in, audio and like yeah, music like and Justin everything. Rhodes, Justin Rhodes is, yeah. his, oh my gosh, his editing is crazy. He'll even set his camera up, drive by, get a good shot, and then come back and grab his camera. And I'm like, I think about <laughs> these things so on much watching work. this video. What's his name? Like, what, what's Justin the name Rhodes. of the page? Uh, just, just Justin Rhodes. Um, oh, that's Justin his, Rhodes. Yeah, I love his channel. I've learned a lot about using your chickens to do your work for you. That's what I try to do. <laughs> like you have to the plows and they pull for you or what? They, no, they are the best rototillers <laughs> you can imagine. And they fertilize and they weed eat. They're amazing. Oh, but sounds... you just need to keep them in one area. That's the hard part. <laughs> I like the idea yeah. of chickens. You can tell Julian's never seen a chicken in real life. Yeah, they're like <laughs> eight all. feet tall, right? As oh, as yeah. <laughs> Too bad my girls are all sleeping. I'd go out there and show you. Oh, no, you know what? Name. One of my friends in college, at he, his family had chick well, they had roosters i'm assuming they had chickens but you couldn't really go out there because the roosters would come at you <laughs> naked baby right there <laughs> um yeah some roosters are very uh ornery i had two they were nice little guys though they were silkies i had to get rid of them though because they just never stopped and they were waking her up from her nap uh -uh. oh that's annoying <laughs> yeah well, i was like okay. i have a nurse you are leaving you now <laughs> so joining us today in case nobody noticed by now uh we have a guest to talk about all this stuff because me and Solomon are ignorant to outdoor life. Uh, <laughs> and Abby knows about it, but we needed a fourth to kind of a little balance bit, it out. But yeah, I'm, I'm halfway ignorant. Half, she, <laughs> only halfway. She, Abby, she's, she's not gardening. ignorant. <laughs> I've seen Abby's garden post before. She does good. She yeah. so, I've seen it. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. I am Brianna, and this is my little daughter, Evelyn. She'll be joining us tonight. I live in Texas. Uh, we have a backyard homestead, um, and that is all I can think of right now. <laughs> we do. We have chickens. We have a garden. I'm incubating quail so that we can eat them and breed them and have their eggs. And I, like Jurassic Park. Um, a lot of my friends mostly know me because I make everything from scratch. Like everything that we eat is all made from scratch. So that's kind of my like thing. Okay. That, that's what, what originally got me into homesteading mostly. Okay. So first question, why? Like why homesteading? Um, I, so well, a couple how, years how ago. How would you describe homesteading? Like we, we're throwing this word out, homesteading. But we'll, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. I should like, define like, it. What, what would Homes, you say it is? Homesteading is um, just trying to be self-sufficient in any way possible. It doesn't mean you have to have a full-on farm. It can be homesteading. You can do a homestead in an apartment or a townhouse by um, preserving your own food from the farmer's market. Uh, having quail is a really good animal for like small scale homesteaders. Uh, making everything from scratch, just getting as close to your food source as possible. 
So if you can, instead of buy the box noodles, make them yourself, that's getting closer to your food source. If you can mill your flour instead of buy pre-milled flour, that's another way you can do it. And just taking little baby steps to get there. I think I saw your post this week about making noodles. I love making noodles. I got this noodle machine and I've been all about noodles. So I'll probably talk about noodles a lot. In my yeah, head, a noodle machine sounds like something that would be like on Willy Wonka. Like you throw yeah, things like in a and big, yeah, noodles yeah, come out no. the other side. I just think it's of that Play-Doh thing. Remember the Play-Doh where you like push it down? <laughs> That's and what it like is. Comes yeah. the... It's a guy's face, but noodles come out. Eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, homesteading is very different for each person. It's going to vary depending on your resources and the size of your land available but it's a general idea that all people have that they just want to be more self-sufficient whatever that means for them okay which would be really useful right now when you can't just go to the store and buy uh, i feel like the panic level would be very low <laughs> if more people uh, had at least one tomato plant in the backyard yeah. how can we <laughs> make our own something? toilet paper yeah, um, actually, you can grow <laughs> some herbs. <laughs> oh, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this guy I was watching, Rob Greenfield. He does that. I guess there's these really soft plants that act as a wet wipe, too. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah. That's a horrible. <laughs> cloth diaper moms are cool. Oh, with, cloth, uh, family. <laughs> that was, I drew my line in the sand at cloth diapers. I was not oh, washing really? poop rags, no. Oh, we, had... <laughs> we cloth diapers. Cool. Uh, yeah, we, yeah cool, we had huh? we had like me and my wife had a conversation about cloth diapers. <laughs> that was about it. And one conversation, and the conversation was pretty much we're not doing cloth diapers, right? Yeah, okay. So. It just sounds <laughs> it sounds so gross. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, now when um, nobody has toilet paper, it's really not that gross anymore. Otherwise, you yeah, your, a bidet <laughs> would be your only option now. <laughs> that also doesn't sound fun. Uh, right. so what, what got you into it? Like, how did you start this whole idea of self-sufficiency? Was it like, how a, long have you been like doing this kind of thing? Uh, well, actually we've been really serious about it for a year. Um, okay. so I'm still pretty new at it, but I've, I, I've soaked in as much knowledge as I possibly can. I've like re read every single book I can read on all of it. So I know a lot and my application I'm still working on. Um, uh, let's see a couple years ago, I got this really intense pull to start learning how to garden. It was, it's like God put it on me for so it was crazy. I couldn't even think about anything other than I need to know how to grow something. And I feel like this monetary system is going to collapse. It was crazy. It all hit me at once. Oh yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I basically was like, we need to get off the grid. <laughs> My like doomsday like, prepper. Would you start like um, in a bunker? I have prepper tendencies. Are you in a bunker I'm, I'm, now? No, yes, no. Do you have a go bag? Do you I have a straw you... that you can drink water from? Oh, actually, yeah, from? we drink rain. Uh, we drink rainwater. I oh, that sounds not good. We filter it. Oh no, oh, okay. it's so we good. It, it's yeah. so crisp. Okay. Oh yeah, we filter. What it do you filter so. it with? Uh, pro pure, pro pure filters. Okay. Um, I can actually show you my filter real quick. I don't know if you use like <laughs> rocks or something. Like, <laughs> um, no, you can use. I've seen people use t-shirts and stuff. I don't know how to that works. It. That sounds like. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like Bring old fashioned. This is our water filter. Um, I got seeds oh, wow. going in the back, and then this is my. I go fill up my rain barrel with this thing. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's what I do. You should talk a little bit about the Berkey. So many people like. Oh, yeah. Berkey so that's filters. the Berkey canister. We originally started with Berkey's, and then I learned that they're really not that great, and they don't filter out as much as they claim to, especially fluoride. 
and um, there there was a I read this forum about a, a poisonous bacteria growing in the black the big black filters. So anyway, we did uh, some testing on our water, a home water test, and it wasn't getting all the nitrates or contaminants out, and our water tasted absolutely awful after moving to this area. So we switched the Pro-Pure, and it tasted way better. We did a home water test. We were going to do professional before all this stuff happened, and it filtered out way more than our Berkey was doing. And so now that we do rainwater, it's so crisp and like refreshing, and I feel great drinking this water because our the water in north texas is so deadly <laughs> they don't yeah. give it to babies because <laughs> it'll really? come blue baby syndrome yeah now, so well, anything that, is better that's how than ours that. is down here is really hard we have a lot of limestone and stuff oh, we yeah. have such hard water mm -hmm. in san antonio it, it destroys coffee makers and destroys like yeah, we yeah have, don't uh, put it in anything like that oh, we have yeah. we, we have to buy the filtered water jugs to put them in the coffee makers so we don't like kill it yeah. yeah. Nothing. We don't do anything with the tap. You guys got to get much. on a French press, you crazy people. It's so I, good. I, I'm not a coffee drinker, but. And if the power goes out, you can still use it. <laughs> I don't what, even know uh, what French press is. You lost me a French. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what a French press is. <laughs> he heard, he so heard French and he was out. <laughs> and you just put the coffee grounds in there and then hot water and then you let them sit for five minutes and then you push the top down and you have coffee. It's like oh, a juicer yeah. for coffee. When you yeah, yeah. When you filter water, is you like you have the unfiltered water, and then you pass it the filter. Is it the basically the same amount at the end? Yeah. You kind of yep. lose some water. Yeah, okay. it does three gallons, so it's three on the top and then three on the bottom. Huh. We don't lose any water during the filtering process. Now, why don't we want fluoride? Because I know I'm not supposed to, but I, I'm not sure why. <laughs> it's a neurotoxin. We got mix um, the calm. EPA. Yeah, the EPA. <laughs> I like being calm. Well, it sounds well, good to me. It actually can cause fluorosis of your teeth, too. So they tell right. you that um, it's good for your teeth. But if you have too much, it will cause your teeth to become very brittle and break down. Same with your bones. Um, they just did a study that showed that mothers who drank fluoride while pregnant, their babies had a lower IQ. So that was, yeah, it's just, it's a I'm toxic waste from fertilizer, actually. Like teeth are falling out all the time <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah tooth decay is actually caused by bad gut health and processed flours sugars and all of that how so. much joe rogan do you watch because i feel like i've heard all None. of this okay oh no 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 i actually think he's a shill and i don't trust him at all whoa <laughs> oh. a sh a, a he what's he a shill for a shill. Um, so he, I noticed that a Weed. lot of men will Weed. watch him. <laughs> That's true. A lot of men watch him and uh -huh. he's kind of like a little gateway drug, but if you don't get away from him, you'll get stuck into his weird little, uh, like pro drug, pro easy porn, all of that, all that mentality. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I'm, I feel like in modern society, you don't really need a gateway for that. You just got to look left or right and you're there. Yeah. That's well, perfect. yeah, I appreciate some things that he's spoken on, but, um, you don't get that big without having some kind of prop. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, where was I going with that? Where did I start off? Oh, yeah, why we started homesteading. Um, yeah, I just felt like I really needed to learn some skills and get a hobby, first of all, too, because being a new mom, I, I kind of had to, like, find myself again. And I thought, what a better way than we got this house in Texas right when she turned one. So I had all this space now to learn how to garden and um, cook from scratch even more. Cause I went to a vocational culinary school when I was a teenager 
So I kind of knew like how to cook, you know, but I got really, really into it once she, her health was involved. And um, we, so yeah, that was, that's kind of that. I'm trying to think about what other, what other things that drove us to that. What was um, the first step? What was like the first thing that you were like, okay, this is the first most basic thing we can do now. I mow my lawn uh, <laughs> and I got a weed eater. So I'm sure that's a... doesn't count. <laughs> so my husband built us a raised garden bed. And the very first thing we grew was spinach, carrots, and beets. And that was so cool because she got to help us plant the seeds and water them. And uh, it just went from there. I was, I, all of a sudden I pictured this huge garden I wanted in my backyard. I wanted all of our food. I wanted to go outside, get the food and then come inside and make our dinners. And then I, I don't know why I wanted chickens. It was really weird. One day I was like, I just want some chickens. So I started doing research on chicks and how to raise chickens and watched a ton of YouTube videos on that. My husband at first was like, we're not doing chickens. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but look how cute they are. And, they <laughs> and then um, he was like, all right, we'll get five. And we have 14 now. Oh. So, <laughs> he loves them, though. He, he thinks they're great, um, especially right now, because there's no eggs in any of the stores around us. Yeah, so, that's crazy. We're feeling pretty good about our chicken choices. Did you, I was watching a, speaking of YouTube, I was watching a YouTube video the other day on how to preserve your eggs. And there was, mm -hmm. and I can't think of what it's called now. You buy it at like a, like a Home Depot or something. The glass um, egg thing. Yeah, glass watering. Yeah, Is that what yeah. it's called? Have you yeah. tried that? No, I haven't. It's on my list of things to do, though. Um, I pickle my eggs, and I make the pasta with them. I make egg noodles. So that's yeah. how I preserve them a little bit longer. How, I do how want do to they do that. taste when they come out pickled? Oh, they're so good, especially if you pickle them with uh, jalapenos and a nice little pickling spice they are actually really really good she'll even eat them so i enjoy them <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it was yeah. saying it was saying that if you if you mix if you mix the water and then i wish i could remember what it was called um, i think i saw the same video that you did it came up on my previews and yeah. they can last for like up to two years you can save mm -hmm. your eggs in the bins for like up to two years yeah crazy yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, people used to keep their eggs in salt, too, just in a vat of salt, yeah. and that would preserve them as well. Uh, so much knowledge that those people had. And all of it, it's so funny, all that stuff was discovered by accident, mostly. <laughs> like, mozzarella cheese was actually an accident. <laughs> yeah, but people, but people were Great so much accident. smarter. They had to, like, try mm -hmm. error and fail. We were so much smarter before technology. Like, we knew oh, yeah. so many things, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we were knowledge. smarter so much as desperate. <laughs> Oh, I think resourceful. We well, I, yeah, I think we resourceful. Smarter with technology, we're just not like we have the resources and opportunity. <laughs> True. To be, to, to be smarter and to know more things, we did, but we just use we just don't cat videos and, there you and go. yeah. And I think it might be information so. overload too, because usually when people message me looking for direction, oh, yeah. they're like, I don't know where to start. There's so much. There's true. too and much. That yes. Yeah, that and I'm like, true. well, just yes. pick one thing. So gardening yeah. would be one thing, and that has a lot in and of itself. Chickens yeah, are another one. Then you move on to bigger and more complex animals and what they require. Chickens are easy. Once so you get those, it's, yeah. What's your goal? Like, what's your end game? Where do you, what would you ideally, what, how much space would you like to have? How many animals would you like to have? Um, we want a lot of acreage. Um, I, we're thinking 20 acres eventually. And we want um, a mini cow for dairy. Uh, goats as for dairy as well. And you can also eat them. Um, and 
uh, more, uh, more birds. I want ducks and chickens and such. And my husband really likes having the animals around too. Uh, so I'm going to say I a lot, but I should be saying we <laughs> we're in this together. <laughs> he builds all of the structures that I need, that I um, need. And he really likes building. That's another, it's a cool little team that we got going on. He's the carpenter. He builds all this stuff and he loves doing it. He, he really likes building things. And then I kind of in the garden and animal tender and he does the tilling for me when I, cause I'm pregnant right now. So I ain't doing all that, <laughs> but he'll do it for me. And uh, so our goal one day is to just, like I said, get as close to our food source as possible. We'd like to have an orchard. I have a couple little fruit bushes and a lemon tree. Well, I got to get a new lemon tree. My chickens killed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just uh um and then kind of not being so reliant on the grid uh we we like electricity we're cool with that but we're thinking solar eventually um not connected to the grid and um and i have my son oven i don't know a lot of you guys here are friends with me see that so that's one of oh, the little yeah. things that we've started dabbling into is cooking with the sun yeah that thing really is really nice here that in thing Texas is really because cool. it was it's hot. Okay. I'm not oh. turning my AC on because I, I need to bake a chicken. How long does it take to like cook something in there? <laughs> oh, it, it depends on it. Actually my chicken. So I did bake a chicken in my sun oven today with carrots and it took uh, three hours. Uh, I put it in at noon and it was done by three, three thirty. It was really good. Um, and then let's see, lasagna took like an hour. Uh, rice takes 30 minutes. Bread depends on what kind of bread you're making. I think mine took two hours the one day. And then how, how you have it angled at the sun, too. So if you want more of a slow cooker style, you don't aim it directly at the sun. It'll take, you know, you can cook for, like, eight hours if you want to. Hmm. So is that, a, is that an aversion to, like, electricity? or No. Um, <laughs> actually, it was more emergency preparedness um, okay. because we get a lot of tornadoes up here, and our power yeah. gets mm. knocked out. for We've had it knocked out for a couple of days before, uh, which we're fine with because um, we don't really watch TV or do anything of that. But, you know, my oven is electric. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so we wanted to just have a backup way to cook. And, uh, we, I mean, a grill would be really – that would be fine, too. Um, but you know, you got to buy the charcoal and, or if yeah. you have a propane grill, you got to buy that. Mm -hmm. So we just decided the sun oven would be really cool. And, and plus in the summer, so we don't turn our AC on until about August. And so we're try we try to do everything we can to keep the house cool. And when you've got to cook in the summer here, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So now yeah. I can cook outside and we don't have to worry about heating the house up. Wow. Yeah. And I bet it'll cook. I bet it'll cook way faster, like once you get June, July. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've already noticed, actually, that it got hot quick. Uh, it preheated to 350 in, like, 20 minutes. It was crazy. Wow. I put it in my garden, actually, because the, uh, the reflective um, panels scare the birds away. They keep eating my seedlings. <laughs> Driving me crazy, but it scares the birds Good away. Idea. <laughs> yeah, oh. I discovered that today. They didn't, eat at my, they didn't nip at my stuff. <sighs> so, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, do you feel like homesteading has helped you kind of learn what we should be as wives biblically? Yes, actually. Like, so I have Proverbs 31 right here. This is, if you, so let's see, let's look at verse, um, where is it? Verse 13. So it says, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. That verse has always stood out to me. It, this wife was not lazy. She, she was always doing something. She was busy. 
Um, down here it says she she planted a vineyard. She girds herself with strength, uh, with strength and strengthens her arms. So she was a busy lady. She planted and she she worked her garden, and she made sure that there was food for her family. So. A lot of time I think we picture agriculture as being a manly thing, and that is probably because Adam was cursed to work the land. Mm -hmm. And, um, but women are just as involved in that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I have always read this and think about this virtuous wife who considered land, bought land, and worked it herself. Hmm. Probably with help from her husband. <laughs> like, kind of like what we do here. Right? Yeah. And, um, and I think she even... Uh, yeah, she sold, she makes linen garments and sells them. So she also was a source of income for her family as well. And I see a lot of women in my homesteading groups do that. They make soaps and tinctures and such, and they sell them too. So yeah, it gives you, it gives you, it brings you closer to God and the role that he wants you to play. And like I've said before, this, you know, lifestyle, it, it's going to vary for each person. Like, <laughs> it is pretty hard when you have children to homestead. So on a very large scale, you can at least do a couple little things. But yeah, I don't know how they did it back then. I think about that all the time. <laughs> so the, the part of homesteading and, and I guess minimalist living that's appealing to me is the the ability to get away from like the need to have the newest thing all the time it definitely shifts your perspective and the things that you think you need or want mm -hmm. so now when we so when we get like our tax return or something like that or extra money or you know we're budgeting we budget every month we'll think well what can we buy for the chickens or what can we buy for the garden or you know how can we use this money for um you know, to make canning easier for me or something. And it's very interesting seeing regular people that are like, yeah, I got 500 bucks. I'm going to go buy some shoes. And you're like, you know how much compost I could buy with that? <laughs> <laughs> I do like shoes though. No, but yeah, like, shoes are nice. uh, good garden boots are great. <laughs> when, uh, you know, like there's a new phone every year and it's not better than the last one. Really. It's kind of the same. Mm -hmm. And it's just yeah. like this idea that if you don't have the newest one, you're not, where you should be if you don't have the yeah. biggest one you're not where you should be like right. I, where, where's where, that idea of where you should be so you're always chasing it it's so nebulous it doesn't mean yeah anything. it's just yeah. status you know yeah and when you yeah and when you're working your land or taking care of animals or just being good stewards to the earth which is what i think we as humans are really meant for too mm -hmm. um you you don't care too much about that kind of stuff your your focus is how much, you know, how many tomatoes can I yield this year? And it just takes you completely out of that rat race. It's very, it's peaceful that it does that. It's just really strange because you, you just turn into a kind of a different person, like relating to mainstream peers that you're just on a whole other level <laughs> when, when talking to them. But it's also like, it seems like, um, kind of makes it to where you start looking ahead at things. You know what I mean? Like what, what mm -hmm. can I buy this money for? What can it be good for later exactly. on? Exactly. Yeah. And then now, like what phone can I get now? What that, that's mm -hmm. going to go out of date in a few years. It's more like, yeah. what can You're I very, do to yeah. increase my yield? What can I do to benefit my family later on in life rather than just focusing on like the mm -hmm. now? Yeah. It makes you, um, well here, let's, so in Proverbs 31, uh, there is, so something, where is it? There's a verse here. It talks about her being prudent. Or um, maybe that's a different proverb I can't think of right now. 
Um, there was one that talks about, you know, having a prudent wife is very, um, is a blessing from the Lord Mm -hmm. and prudent means to think ahead and to always be planning. And so homesteading or just, you know, being a homemaker for your family definitely falls into that category. And it was kind of funny. My husband actually was saying the other day, he's like, it's crazy that all of this quarantine stuff is happening, but you somehow had this foresight to prepare without preparing. He was like, we have rain barrels, we have chickens and we have this garden going. And I'm like, I didn't, God just told me to do it. And that's what I did. <laughs> like I couldn't ignore it. this overwhelming urge to just get back to the land was crazy. Yeah. So I have a question. Like, what do you think about, um, and then I guess for everybody just kind of thinking about this idea of self-reliance and, mm-hmm. uh, we used to be on farms and ranches and that's how it started. And then we got okay. to this city rat race kind of thing. So what, why did we do like, I, cause I imagine I try and think of it as like, if I, if I were to go back in time to when people, uh, all people were doing what you're doing and saying, Hey, we have an oven that could cook something in like 10 minutes. They, would they be like, oh, that's terrible. You need to. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Or would they be like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, Bring yeah. It, you know. It and, reminds me, yeah, of when the washing machines and dishwashers came out and all the housewives were like, yes, this is great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, I think things that make our lives a little more efficient, they are great. And, uh and that is what drew us to getting off the farm is the efficiency of and, and comfort of that lifestyle. Um, it's not comfortable to go out and work your garden in 90 degree heat and 60% humidity. Yeah. <laughs> there are times where I'm like, why the heck am I doing this? This is crazy. <laughs> I'll just go to the same store. <laughs> at the same time, some of the things that you're willing to have for comfort or to make things easy are things that can easily be taken away or won't last. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah that's true. Well, when the water gets shut off and you're in quarantine, your TV that costs you $2,000 suddenly doesn't matter anymore. No. You know, and right. it's those kinds of things. And even just having an emergency food supply, people think that's silly. Well, they don't anymore. But people used to <laughs> no. think that was very silly. And it's like, are you going to eat your house that costs you a quarter million dollars? Well, no. it's like, how many hurricanes do we need to see? Or how many uh, right. disasters do we need to see where, like, for mm-hmm. a time, you're at home. Or, like, you, you know, cops can't get you're you. You're stuck or, there. Yeah. Yeah, and something's going on. Yeah. It, it's not like, oh, apocalypse under the world. But it's like, hey, you exactly. can't go to the yeah, for a yeah. week. What are you going to do? You know, can you yeah. eat? So, yeah, and yeah. it's like, you know, we only have a certain amount of farmers in the Midwest that can produce the food for us. It's not yeah. totally unrealistic for some kind of, event to happen like it did last year with the flooding of all their crops and such yeah and you know it, it's like we're completely relying on these people and they're mm-hmm. great these farmers are great uh, however how can we provide for ourselves too in case yeah. they can't because th- that yeah. happens history it's cyclical it always repeats itself yeah. i think the problem is you know like you mentioned the housewives with the, with the dishwashers and things came out they were like wow this is amazing and what a mm-hmm. blessing what a you know great thing i think we, we had these things like automobiles and internet and just technology, talk technology advances. We, we have, we're working more efficiently. We're getting more things done quicker and producing more quicker. I think and we look, so we look at like the, the washing machine. So a woman has says, uh, great. I, I have a washing machine that'll free so much other time for 
what? And I think that yes. is where we've kind of gone wrong, where it's like mm. we have these we have too much time that make us efficient. Then we have all this time on our hands. And we're not using that time wisely. We're not creating more. We're not mm -hmm. learning more. Yep. We're just now I've got well, more time to sit. What happens is and it creates just, a sedentary yep. lifestyle yeah. that we have now. Yep. And well, we just come up with problems that are non-existent <laughs> in all yeah. of our time to think. And I think that's, uh, I mean, sometimes I see people complaining about things. I'm like, dude, go pull some weeds or something. Go organize your closet. Like you right? have too much time to think and then argue about <laughs> yeah. stuff that does not matter. I know. I, as I would go back in time to try and explain an oven to somebody or a microwave to somebody, but I also go back in time and be like, and we have all these technology things and we're the most depressed and medically addicted yeah has ever been yeah and so yep. we, we, and we have all more time to to worry yeah and mm -hmm. sit and do nothing so it's like it, it's it's hard because it's like these things are good to be efficient and to, to take care of things faster if you are using that extra time for other creative good mm -hmm. like productive things but we're not yeah. we, we're just trying to entertain ourselves to death mm -hmm. and that's like what, what we've gotten to and we're slipping into this depression and so I, in, in that way, so it's not necessarily the technology's fault. It's how we're using the technology and the efficiency right. and extra time that we get from these things. So I think that is like one of the biggest problems of like, it's not just throw away all your technology. It's this, this is biting you time. Well, how are you using this extra time? And it's yep. just get off, inter, get off entertainment, get off, you know, whatever it, it go run, go read, go do hang something. out with your family. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's a big problem of it. So there's no, there's no like, because I think when we think about these things, we can start thinking like sort of like the Amish where it's like <laughs> technology is sinful. It's actually wrong, you know, to, yeah. to do these things. And right. I, I wouldn't say that, but in like you're mm. more holy if you're homesteading right. or something. I wouldn't say that, but it's, it's how we're using it. It's how we can redeem these things. Well, yeah. Go and back and just do things differently. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps you busy too. And idle hands make the devil's work. Because it's a weird philosophical topic now that you brought it up. Where do you think that came from that, we, that with all this extra time we got that we just became worriers and, and depressed and, and nihilistic? With the, more, the better the world got, the more nihilistic we got. Like why, why do you think that is? Um, uh, well, I would have to say if we look at Greek and Roman history, we always had, so the people that lived in the cities had to be entertained. We had drama. I mean, that's where all kinds of classical plays and such originated from. And a lot of the, com the comedies were because were actually a satire to make fun of, to make light of the problems people were having in these cities. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is when all these empires fell, you know who kept trucking on was the farmers and the workers mm -hmm. out in the vineyards because people still needed food and those people were valuable that knew how to do that because they had to provide yeah. food for everybody now that the new empire had taken over. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I think what happens is we just get bored. Ooh. The human mind, if we're bored or we don't have anything going on, we go to crazy places and we succumb to uh, – pointless entertainment and drama i mean look at netflix it's like a joke to netflix and chill you know and i get it i get it. i mean we watch like shows of course 
not saying that's bad. Please right. don't <laughs> think that. But I mean, where did we get to the point where it's okay to binge watch for eight hours a day? Yeah. Watch, and it's yeah. funny. <laughs> I don't think oh. it's funny. I think and it's actually it's, really I mean, scary. <laughs> like you said, it's not bad to watch shows, but a lot of the shows that are on there are trash. Like they're not. There's yeah, nothing it's junk good. food for your right, mind. Right, and soul. exactly. It's junk food for your mind and soul. Mm-hmm. We're like, before when you would get a piece of art, it was like enriching to the soul in some way. And now yeah. it's, it's more of a time filler. It's like, oh, I, eight episodes just drop. I can watch them all. So I don't have to think about, maybe yeah. part of it is that we had so much time that when we started thinking about things, it was, it was frightening to think about the things that mattered. So we needed to fill that mm-hmm. time with things that didn't matter. Yep. Yep. And, well, and then we had those extravagant parties, like, you know, all the orgies that they would have and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And just gluttony, just living in this splendor. And mm-hmm. then that came down to <laughs> indulgence. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say, Abby? Yeah. What was that? Oh, what were we just talking about right before then? Uh, filling time with needless stuff, junk food. Yeah, for the mind. I think I think obviously we can agree that um, we're supposed to be like fulfilled in Christ, but I think that right. also the way we were created. Okay, so you can take somebody who maybe, and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but you can take somebody who maybe watches Netflix all day, and maybe has kids, maybe for breakfast, um, you know, bowl of cereal, I'm, and I'm guilty of bowl of cereal. Just saying. Um, hey, we had cereal, cereal for lunch the other day. Okay, kids like cereal. So I'm not, I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying, like, you know, maybe a bowl of cereal, maybe the micro just attack burrito. everybody. Was it organic? Right. Everybody. It was. <laughs> but then you have, you know, your bowl of cereal. Then for lunch, you know, you make your kids maybe the microwave mac and cheese, and then mm. maybe, you know, maybe a TV dinner. And maybe that's the way some people do it. So then they have very limited time and then they're trying to be fulfilled in other ways and it's going Mm -hmm. towards media when, you know, somebody who's homesteading can be making that from scratch. You know what I mean? And them feeling fulfilled and like needed in the home, Mm -hmm. like a a woman, a woman being needed in the home. And I think Mm. like women have a hard time of feeling like, what is my place? I know that was me for sure. Like, what what is my place in the home? What, you know, what am I supposed to do to? Well, yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's not weird. We would all understand this, that, feminism sold women the lie that the only way for them to be valuable is to be men basically yeah 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 as opposed to like pursuit of the 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 feminine attributes or the things that make them uniquely feminine it's 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 come to be you know third wave feminism has come to be i want to be a man it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) what does that mean Yeah. yeah. And it, well, what's, I wanted to comment sidebar real quick, Abby, what you were saying about wandering or like, you know, uh, when you're trying to be fulfilled, when you don't have God and you're just constantly searching, mm. that reminds me of the story of Cain and Abel, where um, Cain was actually, his punishment was to be sent away from God into right. a land of wandering basically mm. for the rest of his life. And how much that is us, right? When, before we find Christ, we're like, I know I, was wandering and searching in so many places but um yeah what you said kind of reminded me of that and then also for the feminism thing um i think i think um, it's very funny that people perceive that women should always women in the bible worked they did right but they had their own special working role Mm -hmm. and I don't know why people think Christians are like against women working. We have different places, I think, to work. Like we make better midwives and and uh, homesteaders and such than we do leaders in like corporate settings. Mm-hmm. Like 
I just feel like working women How is fine, but you? not in the same <laughs> setting that we're all thinking. Well, I mean, the problem is that what Christianity often tries to do is overcorrect. So like mm-hmm. if, the, if the world is going this way, we got to run as fast and as far as we can the opposite way, which often brings us to a sin the other way, as opposed mm-hmm. to like the actual biblical standard of what yeah. is supposed to be going on. Like a yeah. legalism or, right. yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, for sure. So like going back to, cause I, I, when we were talking about this topic to bring it up, I thought about cultivation. Um, because I was thinking about, are you a homeschool mom also? I don't know how old your kids are, if you're going to. Um, so my daughter's two. We do plan okay. on homeschooling. Um, we're going to do the Montessori and Charlotte Mason next. Okay. So, so that I was thinking about all job. of that and how the, the cultivation is really a Christian ethic. Like there's, there's not it a worldly is. ethic for cultivation. For the world, mm-hmm. it's a, that's why I, I always think that there's a Christian way to do, um, like you said, being a steward of the world, but not mm-hmm. being a, not idolizing the world the way that, that That's the right. secular world does, yeah. where it's like, oh, we have to preserve the world. It's all that matters. If people all died, it would be fine. It's like, no, the world yeah. is here for us and we have to take care of it, but we have to mm-hmm. cultivate it. Yeah. So, and yeah. And there, it is actually very interesting when you start homesteading or you start gardening, you do learn about God's creation so much and how mm. it all works together. Mm. So for example, there's a hornworm. It's a, it eats your tomato leaves. It's super annoying, but <laughs> the wasp will go lay eggs on the hornworm and kill it. And it's like, that's so cool. Cause I hate both of those things, but the one takes care of the other problem. And you kill the wasp. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't know. Actually my chickens will take it down. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you learn so much about how God's creation just works together. Like, com- like composting, you eat the pepper and then you put the waste of the pepper in this bin and then it makes compost, which goes back into your soil to grow mm-hmm. more peppers or tomatoes yeah. or whatever, you know, it's really cool. It's almost like it was all designed to be self-sustaining. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. And then ducks will exactly. go through and eat the pests off of your plants, and, but yeah. not eat the plants. Now chickens are another story, but ducks yeah. are really, I know, uh, was it China or Japan? One of those countries was, they, they, use, they don't use any pesticides or anything. They just release ducks onto their crop. Mm. Yeah. to get all oh, the pests, wow. which is super cool. Huh. That is cool. So this, we had a question because we were kind of talking about this on the last, on the last episode about um, get, getting into self-sufficiency and self-reliance and stuff and how that it, – it seems not just difficult, like we're going to get sweaty, but expensive. <laughs> like it's there like, man, I, I, I remember seeing a picture on Instagram of like this – cabin fireside potbelly stove kind of fire thing with like a stone wall and a big leather chair and just a you know just very rural i said and i and i shared it i said i hope i'm rich enough to live this simply someday (laughs) you know and it's like you know the people you know 50 60 years ago the poor people had horses now only rich people have horses right so it's we've kind of had this swap of like all the poor people or like you know maybe living paycheck to paycheck or something are kind of living in the city in the apartment in the suburbs in the in the in the, the epitome of the city life is like poor and then out in the in the country man you made it that's like our retirement there is an el- country yeah there's a, kind of an elitist uh subset yeah. of homesteaders mm. like <laughs> where their fences are all metal everything is really nice looking yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile you're over there with t-post and chicken wire <laughs> and you're like oh this will do well, even just the time, I think about even just the time, because I think a lot of people are, 
are working and this kind of maybe goes into like the two income trap where both parent both husband and wife are yeah. working and sustain this two income lifestyle and now they have to keep that going and so they throw the kids in public school and it's mm-hmm. like hey we got the cars we got the house we got what we're doing well yeah and, and that's the other we got to maintain it and mm-hmm. i think that's a huge one because then they have kids and then they do feel this I think women feel this compulsion to stay home and raise their own children, but you just can't. Oh, yeah. I, I see my friends all the time. They want to stay home. Work. Yeah. And but so, I, yeah. I think you that kind of shows, like, for, for people that want to homestead, I think what, what kind of tips, I know for us, like, what kind of tipped us into that was wanting, like, kind of how she said, I want to get out of the rat race. It's like mm-hmm. this working for your whole life, never being able to see your family, working to pay for a home that you're never in, to a car that you only drive to go to work, to pay for the home that you're never in. I mean, yeah, it's, like it's crazy. This, this vicious yeah. cycle of like your, your investments are going to be, you know, to get the water bins, to get solar panels, to get, you know, the yep. seeds that you want to do, the garden, like that investment initially is mm-hmm. going to cost you just as much as the, maybe even the house or the car would. But the difference is eventually it's going to make it to where the husband it can pays work off, the land. Yeah. yeah, the husband can eventually work the land and not have to go to the 40-hour job. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can eventually have your time. I think you're, you're investing that into is your, your Yeah, you're investing into your, your health, of things. your time, right. your family. And so yeah. things that are so much more important than material things and you will you you save for the life that you want to live um we there we're not poor we're saving for our eventual land but we live like we're poor right now because yeah. that's just, i mean that's going to get us to where we want to be where my husband you be quiet with that for a second. <laughs> Sorry about the hammering. She's fixing her rocking chair. <laughs> um, She's homesteading. She's on. Yeah, yeah. She wants Already. to be like dad. Yeah. Um, well, well, that's a, that's a thing too that I think is, uh, it's not an attribute that the world has is the, the idea of fixing things. Like mm-hmm. we don't have, that's, that's, not, that's a Christian ethic. That's not a secular ethic of, yeah. oh, it's broken. We have to fix it because Christianity gives you the idea of like, oh, things are broken and they need to be fixed as in the world mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. So that's how, kind of how you get into that rat race where it's like, oh, my phone died. I guess I'll get a new one. Oh, my tire blew out or my, my, mm-hmm. uh, well, you when know, there's it, always a new phone, you know, <laughs> like this, it's, it's always an option. Yeah. Like right. Your car breaks down or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's totaled. It's like, right. what does that mean? It means it costs more to fix it than to buy a new one. <laughs> right. money down on yeah, a new yeah. one. So just yeah. go, you're already making a car payment. So just go put this money you would spend to fix this car on another car that hasn't blown transmission. And there you go. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Instead of just trying to fix this car that's, that's broken. Part, part of that mm-hmm. is, is a, one of the things that I've seen with the thing that's going on now with the, the lockdown and everything is the big thing that people are saying is like, well, I can't be out of work. Like yeah. I can't miss work. And that's part of that story. idea of, yeah. of uh, like you were saying with the car, like, well, if my car messes up, I don't have time to fix it. I can't miss work. Yeah. I need a car now. I might as well just buy a new one. Yeah. It's just a rat race. You're constantly racing after something, whether it's to replace yeah. something, whether it's to buy something like it's, it's never our, it takes, I, I don't know. It just feels like it takes our focus off of our family, mm-hmm. off of um, what yeah, really raising, matters, ra- raising our kids. like, Going, well, I mean, know. and yep. what's the goal? Like in a race, exactly. you're supposed to get somewhere. Like, what's the goal right. at the end of this mm-hmm. one? You know, like nothing really. Yep. You know, I, yep. I, I might be a good, I might be a good little um, lab rat, little test rat on this, as far <laughs> as like in this rat race, because I, I do. Have, I feel like I've, I've kind of followed all the steps. Um, well, not my entire life, but just like from from college. Went to college, mm-hmm. got a degree, 
got a job. I now I work in an office and, you know, for a huge corporation and making my paycheck and, you know, and, and I, and my wife stays at home with the kids. So that's, that's good. And that's where we've started. That's kind of how we are starting, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at things and, and I, I don't feel like I'm chasing the newest car. Like I don't, I've got an O2 Honda. All right. And you know, my, Hey, wife, we do too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, so my wife drives a 2011 Ford Focus, you know, and so we have two kids and we're renting a house right now. So it's like, I want, I, what, what, what can I do? Cause I do kind of feel stuck a little bit. Mm. And this is, this is definitely a point of, vulnerability and confession right here with right. me but just just kind of work through some of these ideas i think is, is a good situation with me because i kind of feel like i'm in that of like in that rat race but like mm-hmm. how do i get out and what can i do to to do that and to be self-sustaining and live on a farm and a ranch and raise my own cows and garden and all these things where i don't have to go to a nine to five you know office job and you know what i mean it's, it's like what how, how do i make that transition from like hmm. in the rat race in the cubicle to like being self-sustained. And I think that is like, that's, I think a goal of a lot of people is like to be financially independent and to have time and to make your own schedule. Get out of debt is the first step. All that. Yeah. 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 Getting that's, out of debt is the first step. Yep. Um, I really, we, we, uh, we do Dave Ramsey's plan. We don't do his mutual funds investing. Uh, and we're really glad right now that we don't do that. But as far <laughs> yeah. as, paying down your debts, just getting out of all of that. And that, that will give you the freedom to move closer towards your goals and figure out what your goals are. Um, and, and then, you know, and I always tell people this too, when they want to know about homesteading, just do what you can wherever you're at. It's, it's much easier actually. And I think it's a lot better to start very, very small with what you have than moving out to 10 acres and you have absolutely no idea how to manage acreage. You don't know how to work a tractor. You don't even know how to work this rototiller that you bought. And it's all a lot at once. And then you're growing a garden and learning how to even cook from scratch or preserve it. Like that will make anyone want to not do it because that sounds horrible. <laughs> but, um, just starting really, really small with what you can. Like just make bread from scratch. There you go. That's homesteading. Make your own um, cleaner. Uh, you know, grow, grow a little herb bush um, in some pots. That's a, those are really great small steps you can take that will kind of give you that, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe this is really cool. I would like to do this more often or I'd like to expand. And then, you're, and then you just want to buy 20 acres like we do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of, <laughs> right. it, it kind of sounds like the, because uh, we follow the Dave Ramsey stuff too. We, we, we yeah. Books and stuff. And uh, like the debt snowball of like, mm-hmm. don't tackle yeah, except the biggest like, one, go to the small right? ones first. Mm-hmm. And then that'll, because that, it's like, you know, he talks about debt, like a diet. It has to be a, it's, it's, a, it's not about the math. It's about the mindset change of like, I have to start pay off little debts because then I'll feel like I'm making progress. Because mm-hmm. if you go after like the highest interest rate, like the math says to do, then you're just gonna be chipping away at this big thing and you're not gonna get anywhere. Instead of just like paying off and clearing out debts. And yeah, stuff. So yeah. That's how, that's pretty much what we've done. We, uh, we don't have credit card debt. We don't have a car payment. We don't have anything. But basically mm-hmm. the only debt we have is my student loan, which mm-hmm. is not much. It's about a year of, of school with student loan. So, and we're yep. working on that too, so. Yeah. A big thing that I think people should remember is that, okay, so 
where you're at now kind of you kind of touched on this a little bit ago but where you're at now shouldn't keep you you know what i mean if you're if you're at a house now and you own the home and you want to eventually be homesteading or even just in your home homesteading like for instance my aunt lives in the middle of the city but she bought a burning fire uh, fireplace and replaced it with her other one so now it, during the winter if she needs to turn that on she's able to wood burn and if electricity yeah. goes out she's able to heat her home and it's in the middle of the city um yeah. collecting rainwater gardening i mean just th things that you can do even from your home that can start saving yeah. your money so you can start saving for the land you know what i mean there's exactly you can alter yep. even every purchase house. will yeah every purchase will either take you further away or take you closer to your eventual goal and yep. We have to remind ourselves of that a lot because sometimes you get that impulse where you're like, I want to redecorate my living room. I need to buy new <laughs> curtains. But you're like, eh, do I really need to buy new curtains? Because I would really like to put some more money in our savings account for our land. Mm. So you just got to make those sacrifices of materialism mm. for what you yeah. really, really want. And, right. um, and, I, and yeah, yeah, starting in the, there's so many backyard homesteaders out there. I mean, this kind of lifestyle is exploding. It's crazy. Like there's also, so many of us. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that just applies to homesteading either. What you just said about like, you know, I want to redecorate my living room, but I don't need to because my future goal is this instead. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not a homesteader. Like it's not in mm -hmm. me. <laughs> I don't have that bone inside of yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but like, everyone's got their different gifts, right? Right. Like, exactly. We can't all so do like the same thing. We'd probably be boring. <laughs> and it was one of the things that clicked. What you talked about was having something to leave to your kids. Like, oh, that's an idea that clicks with everybody. Like, what? Why? Well, I, mm -hmm. I would hope with everybody. Yeah. Like, what do you want to leave behind? for the people that are coming after you. And we kind of don't think about that in uh, modern Christianity because of a particular dispensational view. But the idea of leaving something behind, like for me, um, recently in town, there was an art gallery that shut down. They were, mm -hmm. they were not doing well. They were real, uh, what's the word? They were real modern in their approach to art. So uh, nobody was uh, going was in. Was it the postmodern stuff where it makes Kind of, sense. yeah. Where it's like, if you tell me this is art, I'll say it to your face, but it doesn't look like it. Um, like the plunger just like against yeah. the wall. <laughs> I, I'm not exaggerating. One of them was three stripes painted on a wall in different uh, colors and you were supposed mm. to do a handstand on it. And that was, part, I don't understand why, but that was the thing. I know. See what <laughs> happens art. when we get bored? <laughs> well, that's what happens when you, when you get bored and you're untalented. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the gallery closed down, and my my dream is to own a gallery. Like I've wanted to own a gallery forever, and that's kind of the thing that's been a burden on me is like because to, to redeem art in that way. So mm -hmm. for me, it's like okay, that's the thing that I want to get. I want to get that gallery. I want to put time and money into that, and I want it. So that's like my let's chip away at this. That's the thing that I want in the future. So like. I mean, you don't have to say, it, but what's the thing that you want to do? Like, what's your your legacy your, if, that you want to yeah, leave? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what do you want to leave behind your kids that they're like, oh, this is this is the thing my dad left me that he put mm -hmm. time and money into, and now I'm going to take yeah. it over, and we're going to take it a step further, and we're going to do yeah. the next thing with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, leaving behind something that your children can be proud of, and they right. can also continue on, take the torch, so to speak. Yeah, and, and, and kind of, um, I, I don't think we think about the Christian life as progressive generational. Like, we took this little step, and then the group that comes after us is going to take a next bigger step, and they're going to slowly take more and take more and take more until we've 
conquered something, you know? Build so, a mm-hmm. kingdom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The kingdom, the conquering kingdom is going on and on, which is why homeschooling. Cause like, okay, I, I, ha- I had this thought and somebody else had mentioned it before. Like logically speaking, there's no reason that there should be new groups of atheistic postmodern thinkers because atheists are pro choice. So they don't have children. And if they do, they kill them. Uh, they're pro sexual freedom. So, um, uh, oh, we lost her, but I think she's back. Okay. Hold on. I'm coming back. <laughs> My battery is uh, low. They're pro-sexual freedom, so there's not the husband-wife dynamic. They're anti-marriage. So mm-hmm. logically speaking, they should not be proliferating. Like, there should be no kids to take up yeah. their cross and carry it on. But they do because we send them ours to get educated and get indoctrinated. They don't have children. Yep. They become professors. Right. They take our children. your children. <laughs> right. That's right. You would actually really like to listen to Yuri Bezmenov. He was a Russian KGB agent who defected. And this was in like the 70s. There's some videos of him speaking. He came to the U.S. to basically tell us what their, what their strategy was. Right. Um, infecting the public school system was actually one of their modes. And they understood that it was going to take at least 30 years to mm. flip the mind. Right. And that's what we have now. So they don't procreate through act, like, you know, traditional procreation but they they get in the heads and that's how they do it yeah and it has to be children because an adult like you're not going to bring this argument to me and i'm going to be like oh okay that sounds good but a child doesn't know what's going on so what you gotta you gotta have sex education in elementary school you gotta have drag queen story hour you gotta have gay characters on every show you gotta push all of that stuff and and it's and it's seen as like it's become this is so predominant in in our public school system of like uh, the, what it comes down to is the myth of neutrality, that mm. there's this sort of secular, neutral, you know, you've got the God people over there, you've got the uh, wacko people, like, you know, uh, hippie, whatever people over here, you've got what, all these different worldviews, but then you've got the secular mm. government, American, you know, FDA approved. Uh, <laughs> the level yeah. minded ones yeah. yeah we're just the even keel neutral yeah. anything but that's okay it's this post postmodern yeah. relative truth thing of like you know we're going to be loving and accepting all these things and that's what's in but that's a worldview what we have to understand is there is no neutrality there is no place there is a, a worldview worldview is being taught it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you are it, a worldview is being taught and a worldview is most certainly being taught in schools and all the time yep mainly the philosophy and it is a philosophy of naturalism right we have supernaturalism mm-hmm. we have theism we have atheism we always think and but there naturalism is a philosophy and it's being taught as as just a philosophy as it's, it's just this is the default setting for human beings mm-hmm. it's not there it, that's that's not how it is so and we have to understand that and yeah, if, if, if every Christian took their kids out of public school, there'd be no public schools because there mm-hmm. are that many Christians in school. So if we were just taking on ourselves, but homeschooling isn't even on anyone's radar. It's just what you do. You just, that's school. That's what school is, is the government school. Yep. And it's not even a thought of like, well, I can't homeschool my kids. I can't. I can't miss work. Yeah, I can't. Miss I think work. that's a big part is I got to go back to work. When do I get to go to work and move on with my life? And that's part of it too, that when we get back to, you know, the idea of the rat race is that the indoctrination isn't just at school, but it's also at home because they see you and they, they see what you value and they value that. And then they copy mm-hmm. that same pattern. It goes on and on and on. Like, so, yeah. So I was home I, yeah. in 10th grade. 
So I homeschooled from like third. Well, I, you know, went to public school, kindergarten, first grade, first grade in private school, actually, by the church. And then second and third and third grade to 10th grade, I was homeschooled. And that, you know, I grew up with a single mom and it was me and my sister and my mom. And she worked three jobs and homeschooled us and mm-hmm. by herself. And it was, that's, it was, she's a... That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She See, you make things that you really want to happen happen. Yeah. And it was hard. You know? It wasn't like a great, like, oh, everything just worked out. Like it, it yeah. was a lot of times. You know? <laughs> yeah. There was hard times, I bet. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so glad she did because we were, we were in such a danger in our neighborhood and our school district of the school we were going to. We were such a danger of just becoming a statistic of just single parent family of yeah. just public school, whatever. And at, at third grade, she saw me kind of going down this track and just yanked us out and uh, homeschooled us. And man, it was, it was the best. It just changed my mind of, of what, what life can be and, and what the future can be. Cause like school really does prepare people for cubicles and for punch in, punch out, stand up, sit down kind of thing. Oh yeah. Well, the senior projects are now college applications. That's what they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they follow yeah. you right in there. Yeah. And it's just, and, and now a, a high school degree is useless. And now a college degree is, is, is growing more and more useless. And yeah. it's just, that was, that was the goal. If you go to college, you can write your own ticket. Every, you know, only smart, mm-hmm. everyone to college is rich. Nope, not anymore. So this, this public school fit system to its fu- fulfilled to its fullest is, is useless. Now it's failing. Like someone can graduate with honors from college and just not be doing what they want to do and be stuck and, and whatever. So um, and yeah. still trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up. Mm. <laughs> like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, and I yeah. think a lot of it comes to, we're talking about leaving a legacy to our kids. I heard, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, don't, uh, don't try and give your kids all the things you didn't have. Try to teach them mm-hmm. all the things you didn't know. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot of like, just kind of how I grew up and, and just how I was taught and things, things I was taught. I was talking about, I think, of valuable things, but there was a lot of things as far as just structure and just limitations and what we had and resources and stuff that um, I just didn't know. I think a lot of people don't know how to fix a car or how to right. do their taxes or how to make a farm, make a garden or just all these normal things, um, how to sew a button or how to you know, change a yeah. tire yeah. or just whatever and these use, useful things in life. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're learning all this weird stuff about secular humanism and uh how there's a 10 million genders and stuff and that, that becomes <laughs> accredited learning you know so uh, my goal with our with our kids and i've kind of mentioned this before but i you know i want to say it because it's just it just makes it more real and, and just plan i know we all have like little kids and, and, and goals and stuff but uh, my goal I, I think there's no reason that your kid can't be done with high school work by 16. So yeah. like, I think, I think the whole public school system is like two years too long. Mm-hmm. It's two years off, I think. And that's just with a bunch of bull crap in between class stuff <laughs> and electives and just the, the high school experience, the fun time, whatever that, that uh, just become, if, if anyone's high school days are their glory days, Oh if, goodness! If, if my kids' best days are in high school, I have failed as a parent. You yeah. know, and, and I don't even—I th- don't think people really think about that. They just think like, "Oh, he's got to go to the—you got to do this thing, or got to go to spring break and have fun, and he's got to be a kid and stuff." But that's this mentality that adulthood is something to be put off as long as possible. Right. It's game over, and that you just have as much fun as you can until you have to take responsibility and do hard things, and and yep. it sucks, and it's game over. And you get married, and you have kids, and now you're trapped. Uh, you know, and then it's like the rat. 
race is coming. So have as much fun as you can. Mm. And that's just sad. Like it, it, these, these are the prime years that we should be building things and cultivating and learning stuff to create better days ahead of us, not where we are now when we were young, you know, and, and that's really my goal with, with, with my kids is um, to, yeah, the whole, the whole school system, I think is two years off. I think if you start, you know, cause we, we plan to do the classical Christian education. Have you heard of that? Um, oh yeah. Um, classical conversations. Yeah. 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 Classical conversations. Yeah. And that, well, that's part of it, but the whole thing is, is classical Christian education, melding like the rhetoric and logic of the classics and stuff like Aristotle and with Christian values yes. and stuff. Yeah. So yep. that's, we, our pastor does that. Some people in our church do that. And so, uh, that's our plan to, to go with that very like on the humanities side of, of reading and writing mm-hmm. kind of thing. But um, there are resources for, for STEM and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, we're going to start that when, when the kid's five and it's so, it all comes down to when they're young, you go year round a couple years from like first grade to fifth grade and just keep going year round and just, you can skip a couple years. Don't wait till high school and force them to do it. By the time they know that they're ahead, they won't even realize it. You know, by the yep. time they're 10 years old, they'll be two years ahead in school and then on the way to graduating college at 16 or graduating high school at 16. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of what I see in mainstream parenting now is shielding our children from responsibility and mm. disappointment and hard work. And so when they grow up and like you were saying, now all of a sudden you get this responsibility of adulthood thrust onto you yeah. and you just have no idea how to handle it. It sucks. And I wish I was a teenager again. Yeah. If we introduce if we introduce them to these concepts early on and especially responsibility like I believe in chores for young children age appropriate ones yeah. um they they just have such a a mat- like more mature they're just so much more mature than their peers and they respect things so much better yeah. too mm. and they understand it's it almost does something to the logical brain where they just can reason better and they have a better concept of um, cause and effect, especially yes. like if I do this, yes. this happens. So yeah. many people have, they just have no <laughs> concept of that at all. <laughs> well, I mean, respect is a dead concept. Like the idea that mm-hmm. anybody besides you knows anything or can do anything or contribute to anything. Like the idea that, like you were saying, Abby, everybody back then was so stupid. We're so much smart. Like we have no respect for people who came before us who were great at anything, who yeah. laid the foundation to make the world we have. Like We've been zero. taught that they're just dumb, old-fashioned people. Backward, archaic, yeah. Right. Yeah. When That's... actually, I think they were way healthier than we were, too. The well, more I, mean, I learned about food preservation back then, I'm like... And I mean, like you said, like they had to, <laughs> we have we have the luxury of having this thing, but they had to invent that thing. Like they didn't have that thing. I like, know, it's crazy what they came well, up and, with. It's funny how you talk about it because it's like we think we think about like homesteading versus job and paycheck and stuff. It's like, well, why do you, why do you need to go to college? Why do you need to do this so I can get a job? Well, why do you need a job so I can make money? Why do you need to make money to pay for a roof over my head and pay for food? Well, why don't you just work on the roof and the food? Like exactly, yeah. Time. We're learning how to make a roof, but I think a lot of times you can't like. It, the system, the grid, whatever, makes mm-hmm. it hard to live off the grid because, I mean, I hear right. stories of people trying to just be 100% self-reliant and they're getting in trouble. Like, you can't. Yeah, if you don't have a septic power, tank in some areas, you get mm-hmm. fined. And some yeah. people are so poor anyway, they can't even afford one. And they're like, why are you finding me for something I can't afford? <laughs> <laughs> and that, I mean, that kind of gets into where we are right now with what's going on now. There's a, a, a kind of government overreach where it's not mm-hmm. like 
it becomes, we're here to protect you from yourselves. Like you don't understand how to run your life. So we're going to tell you how to do it properly. And we're going to mm-hmm. give you the government you schools are the reason we don't know how to run right. our lives. Right. That's the and, thing. They've created a well, the problem and now they're, right. the, they're the cure for the problem. Well, that's what government does. Government can't produce. It can only, it can only take, it can only spend. It can only, it can't give you yeah. anything. That's why I always think they, it's funny when they talk about presidents creating jobs, like how the government can't create a job. The only thing they can do is get in the way of jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to say? Yep. They've created a consuming, um, like a consumer oh, community yeah. instead of like a providing. Yes. Right. We are a, yep. cult, we are a culture and a nation of consumers mm-hmm. and not producers. Right. Sure. And that's like the, like you said, when you were talking about how like, well, one day you're going to have kids and then you're going to have a family and then you're going to be trapped. Like that's the trap as opposed to the thing that they want you like get the stuff, get the, that's the good life, get the luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Family is family, a trap. That's the trap. Like you don't want right. kids. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's interesting too because I like, talk about chores and stuff. And my son's three, and today I I needed to take oil out of the lawnmower. So because put too much in, I don't know what I'm doing. So I put too much, <laughs> put too much in, and I knew Not I had a good to, start I, already. Yeah, I had to take some out. And so <laughs> I got okay, the you learned together. Right. Exactly. So I got the pump, and I had you know I had to put the hose in, and then put it. And so I wanted to put it in a milk carton but the milk carton was too light that the hose was kind of just knocking it over. Mm. And, but I had to have both hands to pump. <laughs> so I was like, and you know, my wife is inside cooking and, and getting things ready for the evening and stuff. So I was like, and no one was out there, my son, and he was, he was playing and stuff. And I said, I think he can sit there and hold a hose in a jug. I think as I pump oil into it. Right. And I was like, and hey, he's going to learn today. If he yeah. Can. He's gonna, <laughs> we're, we're all going to find out if he can. And I was like, Hey, come here. And, and I, and I said, Hey, can you help me? And, and he was happy to help me inside and stuff. And I was like, hold this here, hold this jug and hold the hose. And he's like, okay. And he just squatted down and did it. And I pumped it. And I was, <laughs> it was so funny. He's just holding it. He's just sitting there holding it. And <laughs> he's got his little sunglasses on and his hat and, and I was pumping oil and I was afraid it might splash out. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, kind of was like trying to pump slow and trying to get the, to, to the oil in there. And uh, it kind of splurted a little bit, hit the top of the jug. And I was like, look up. (laughs) 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 And he's just like, you know. (laughs) And he looked down and look up. (laughs) And he he held it. And man, it was was a really good moment because, Mm -hmm. you know, I I got the oil out, did it, everything. And he was happy. And I I was just like, I literally couldn't have done it without him. And and man, it was so great to like just, and I, and I let him know that I couldn't have done it without him and that he was such a helper and that he helped and, you know, and I can buy him a toy and, and he plays with it till he's five minutes and then bored with it. But this, like stuff like this, little chore moments of t- like working together like that won't end. Like I, I hope mm-hmm. not. Like we're going to have, if you so- get it now, if you get it at this age, they grow up to be actual good helpers and they enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what I want. I, I do want him to find joy in work and to find mm-hmm. value in work. That's, I, I think we, we've seen like work is the curse right. from the fall and it's not, there was work before the fall, right. you know, you know, Adam and Eve had a job in the garden. They, they worked yeah. it, and the curse made right. work harder. It doesn't change it. It just makes it more difficult. Well, and mm-hmm. though there was work before that and this, this book for every Every guy needs to read this book. It's called The Masculine Mandate. Mm. I cannot recommend this book for masculine uh, biblical manhood, uh, for, for biblical manhood uh, m- more. This is like one of the best books I've ever read on, on biblical masculinity. 
And um, it talks about the idea of work and keep from Genesis, where that was the first like sort of mandate of being created in the image of God is to work and keep. So like to work it and to keep it and to maintain it. And that extends to family, it extends to tilling the ground and like producing your own things and working it and keeping it and just keeping your household and um, just finding value in that, in that God created the world, God created the universe, God worked, right? Mm. And so we're creating the image of him in our work. To work is to fulfill the character and nature of God. And so that's something I want to teach my kids. I don't want to teach them like, yeah, work sucks. And it's just, you got to <laughs> do it. You got to grind and you just got to get through it until retirement. It's like, no, in my whole, yeah. my, my whole philosophy of work has changed. Unfortunately, a little late uh, <laughs> over like the last two years of like, I don't want to work to not work. I don't right. want to work so that someday I don't have to work anymore. Like retirement, like mm-hmm. just work a job, plug along until I can get my gold watch and just, and just finally relax and do what I want to do. I want to have a job that I can die doing. Right. I want to have a, a do work that I can do until the day I die. And that mm-hmm. might be different aspects of it, but right. you know, like teaching, I want to be teaching or something till the day I die. I want to have a job that I can just die doing, well, <laughs> not retire, part, not looking towards the end of it or whatever. Part I think of the it was with Tom. That. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Good. Oh, yeah. oh, I was going to say, I think it was Thomas Jefferson uh, who said that there was no, there's no greater occupation than to work the land or something mm. like that. Oh man, I'll find that quote and post it in the comments. I really have like other it. people working for you. <laughs> <laughs> My kids. <laughs> well, one of the things that, like, when you just went on, it sounds really cool about work. But one of the problems is that modern work does suck. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, like there's, there's no, no reward. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. especially with all the stuff going on right now. When I went to work today, there was nothing to do. So it was time wasted. Like at the end of the shift, what did I have to show for anything that I did today? There was nothing. Mm -hmm. I I didn't produce anything. Right. And I think that's one of the things that like with working, if it's going to be good, it's got to be productive, not efficient. You know, like you Mm -hmm. can efficiently do nothing. You can efficiently turn a screw all day and get nowhere. But what did you produce? And that's when you're talking about homesteading and you're talking about like your, your uh, purifier, it's like, oh, and then after this, I enjoy the water and it tastes better and I feel better. Like you have a result to to show. I have to go out there and get the water. Right. I get some good water. Do you balance it on your head when you you walk back? (laughs) I just plug it around. Put it on your back. (laughs) But then you have something to show from it. Like there was a thing that you did something and you got something Mm -hmm. out of it. Modern work doesn't have that. You know, it's like you said, we go in, we punch a clock, we sit there, we do a task we go home nothing and the next day nothing's accomplished you just repeat you repeat you repeat well and, and that's that's a form like a, a form of slavery is not owning the production of your work mm. you know oh, we're getting like, real communist here that's <laughs> for sure like you know i draft financial documents for salespeople, so it's like and these are millionaires some some of the salespeople work in deals selling programs and software or whatever and i draft come to me with the the deal I drafted the document and, and it can be really stressful. And that's sometimes like, you know, talk about doing nothing at work and being unproductive. Sometimes you'd be so stressed out doing a lot. And then at the mm. end of the day, it's like, I spent a lot of time and, <laughs> and heartbeats and mind space and brain space and mental energy. And for what, what, what right. am I looking at? You know, a bunch of ones right. and zeros on a screen. That mean nothing to me, you know, besides my paycheck. I mean, that means a lot. You know, right. like that means a lot and I mm-hmm. appreciate it. So I do work and I get it, but it, it, I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's all useless. It's all sucks or whatever. It, it, it is useful to work and get a paycheck and provide for my family and those things. But I'm just talking about the work itself, just right. the nature yeah, of yeah. All work. And so, yeah. And, and that, that sucks. And that, that's something I've never been comfortable with. Of just like, 
man, I'm, I'm not even like putting a smile on someone's face by selling, mm-hmm. by, by improving their business or something. You know what I mean? I guess right. the salesmen are really right. appreciative of what I do, but I don't know. I and mean, there's a little reward. <laughs> I don't want to disparage too much, but, um, but you know what I mean? As far as like not seeing the production of your work and feeling right. like you're creating something or feeling fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Feeling fulfilled. And that, mm-hmm. is, I think I don't, it's, it's, it, I found it funny that that's not a thought a lot of people have. I remember talking to people when I was working in sales for UPS uh, I had a friend and I was talking about this, like, well, failing, is this really what you want to do? Cause they're both kind of entry level starting this. And he's like, eh, work is just a place to burn eight hours. And I was like, wow. <laughs> but I, I feel like that's, I what? feel like that's, that's, that's common crazy. though. I mean, work is just something yeah. I do. Work is just something to do to get the money that I need to that's pay the common for the things mindset. that I have. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that like, that's our goal. Kind of talking about what our goal is in wise. Like we, uh, we were, my husband and I were so young and dumb with finances. Like we have so much debt. And so for us, like feasibly, you know, we got into this fifth wheel this year, we paid off the fifth wheel. Eventually we want to, we want to pay off debt that eventually we want to have a homestead. But like for, for us, it's more like looking ahead for my kids. Like I want my kids to have a homestead. I want them to look at work as like taking care of the family, gardening, working. And if they, if they want to go to college, if they want to go, you know, if they want to go to do another career, then fine. And I'm not trying to like keep them in that, but I want to give them have values. Right. And I want to give them like the land to homestead. I want to give them the option not to have to go into the rat race if they want to, to be able to sustain and live off grid if they were, if they were to want to do that. So I think it's also like two forms of working, like how he was saying, you know, like when you're working to fulfill your, I mean, when you're working to sustain your whole family, you get a lot of satisfaction out of that. You know, you're, I'm sure like when you do your recipes and when you're doing your chickens, like just everything that you're doing for your family gives you a lot of fulfillment and makes you feel needed also. Mm-hmm. And we all need to feel needed in some way. Oh yeah. It, it is. Uh, it is very fulfilling and rewarding knowing that like what that's one of my biggest motivators is to try and make sure that I'm giving our family the healthiest food I can possibly source and it's really nice when we sit down for dinner and I'm like this is from scratch and this is from scratch and it's like each meal it builds up a little bit more but it's really nice knowing that I'm teaching Evelyn these skills that she can take on because she helps me in the kitchen all the time. And I'm like, you know, she's going to have these skills if she ever needs them. She can also pass them down. And, and you have to find, recover this knowledge because it seems like within the past two generations, that's all it took to really lose it all. And now Mm. like nobody knows how to do anything, but the silent generation, the ones that are in their seventies, eighties, they remember a lot of these things. They just think nobody cares about them anymore. Well, but I mean, if you ask one of your very, very old family members, like, hey, I, you know, what did you do when you were a kid? Oh, they love talking about it. Well, I mean, we don't talk to them. We put them in a home and we see them. Oh, I know. Like, what do they I have like to tell us? It's like a daycare us? for old people. Just, right. <laughs> Occupy them so I can do my stuff and I'll come see them when exactly. I'm available. Because well, they have this old productive sort of like meaning, work should be meaningful mindset. It's like, right. no, efficiency. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You can't keep up, Grandpa. Right. You're out. You're out. Oh, man. <laughs> no, and it's like, well, Grandpa can at least talk from the sidelines. He's got good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not only good ideas, like anything you're going to do, like, oh, I tried that and this is why it doesn't work or this is why it will work or this mm-hmm. is why that's a bad idea um so well, we just think we're so much smarter than everybody now because of our technology we're and and uh, that, i mean that's if it did all go down we'd all be 
in a real bad spot. Cause even when I want to learn something, I'm like, well, let me look it up on YouTube and see if somebody has it on there so I can figure out how to do it. Like if no one's on YouTube, right. who am I going to go ask to figure out how I, to do it? Yeah. I, yeah. We started acquiring a lot of books recently because we're yeah. like, oh, the internet goes down and for whatever books, reason. Books yep. are those things you buy on your tablet, right? The digital yeah. files. Oh yeah. The, the, the Kindle, the book burning, <laughs> the Kindling. Yeah. There it's like right in our face. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite like childhood memories, it was really, it, I know it was done out of necessity. Uh, my grandmother, <laughs> my, my grandmother couldn't uh, speak English very well. Well, she's still, she's not dead. She still can't speak English very well. Um, and when we were younger, we used to have to go stay with her because my dad would work a morning shift. He would have to be at work at 5 a.m. It was one of those jobs. So he would drop us off at her house and she would have to find some way to entertain us. She couldn't speak English very well. She didn't really have toys. Uh, she didn't have cable and it was one of those old houses where there's no central air or heating. So like oh. in the winter, it's freezing in the summer. It's you guys burning. grew some character yeah. going to yeah. grandma's house. But <laughs> what she did do was sew really well. So when we would get bored, she would teach us how to sew things. And Aww. that kind of carried on with me forever. Cause I still sew like everything I'll buy clothes mm -hmm. now and like, well, this doesn't fit, but it's cheap and I'll alter it when I get home. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, do you guys sew? Do you sew at all? Do you, have you tried it? Have you gotten yep. dabbled in it? Yeah. Yep. I have a sewing machine. Um, I don't sew as much as I want to, but I do sew. Machine? Uh, our, like... What? <laughs> it's steam powered. You hit her with a pedal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I sew. I made, I made our curtains. Actually, remember I was talking about okay. curtains. I found it was cheaper to actually do it myself. What and kind of machine I do you have? A, um, just a Singer Simple. Okay. It's nothing fancy, but it gets the job done. And I make, uh, um, I upcycled her cloth diapers that I never used them. So I'll use <laughs> we turned them into napkins. <laughs> I actually did turn them into unpaper towels, and now we use them all the time. You know, they, the, they were they were a fabric I didn't want. Garage that, rags. So. That that is one thing that I do yeah. hate is paper towels. Paper towels make me furious because like just use a real towel. That's yeah. so wasteful. Yeah, and then you use a whole yeah. roll to like wipe your counter. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're just, literally then, buying then, something and to you can't throw buy it away. Them now. Yeah, 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 you're buying it to throw it away. There's a lot of that yeah. though. A lot of stuff we use is like, well, I'm gonna use mm -hmm. it and throw it away, and then I gotta replenish it. And it's like that's well, it's that yep. throwaway culture of just get a different one. Get it. It's yeah. the same as iPhone. Mm -hmm. From paper towels to iPhone. I know. Yeah. Now people have no idea what to do without paper towels. It's like, um, <laughs> uh, well, towel. Yeah, we, oh, there was no paper towels, and we were like on our last roll. I was like, crap, what are we gonna do? Because as kids, we you know we with kids right. we use a lot of paper towels. Mm -hmm. And I went to Lowe's and to get a weed eater, and I I. I look up and I see this big thing of paper towels, big like <laughs> packs of the same brand. We, I was like, oh, I was, like so happy to see freaking paper towels. <laughs> just use a real towel. I, I eat with a, a towel. Use a towel. <laughs> yeah, use a towel. It just take <laughs> the adjective off. And then and it's like, okay, I'm watching this, so, drying sometimes, and then it's wet again, and then. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do work, Solomon, if you I want know. it to be worth it. But I mean, that yeah. is a weird thing about our culture is that we have, we do have a throwaway culture. Like nothing is built to last. Nothing is supposed to last. Like it's, it's planned, planned obsolescence. Yes. Light bulbs, cars, they're created to eventually fail. So you can right. buy another one. We don't want you to right. use the same light bulb for Come a year. Because then you can't sell light bulbs. And part of yeah. that is like, part of it is that part of it is culturally enforced too. Like, oh, you have an old phone. Like, oh look, yeah oh, i do man. yeah it still works though yeah yeah uh, it's it's very strange it's a lot of things about culture when you stop and think about them are super strange like we started thrift shopping a lot 
Oh, uh, I love the thrift store. Yeah. Most of Gerard's clothes are are thrifted. My son is named Gerard. Oh yeah. Most of his clothes are thrifted because he's gonna outgrow them anyway. Like, what's the point of exactly. buying something super expensive yep. that he's gonna wear for two months and then be too big for? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can find some good cast iron at the thrift store. <laughs> Why do I want cast iron as opposed to what I already have? Yeah, look at the thrift store and antique stores. I find all of my stuff there for cast wow. iron. Amazing deals for that stuff. You can buy um, a Hard Rock Cafe Miami coffee mug. You can. Oh, my gosh. I have so many of those random, random. coffee mugs. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, hey, I the, you know what's hard, though? One thing I have learned about the thrift store is it's hard to get men's clothes at the thrift store. Because yes, a man, mm-hmm. a man will wear a shirt until it's like three threads, and then like oh, so I guess true. I can donate yeah. it now. So everything yeah. you find is worn out. That's this is so true. I try to get my husband clothes at the thrift store too, and I'm like, that oh, this is not gonna work. It just or they're work. like really old people clothes. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was really cool in 2005, though. If you were like a teenager and you were wearing old man slacks, that was the coolest yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Thrifting is actually. Um, I, that, that just reminded me as far as being like on a one income with a mm-hmm. stay at home mom, a lot of people will say, Oh, well, it's, you know, must be nice to be able to do that. <laughs> it's like, um, I shop at the thrift store for <laughs> literally everything. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not like we're rolling in money over here. You make but, sacrifices like shopping at right. the thrift store. <laughs> That's the, the thing that I think is inherited from, from secular culture is the idea that staying at home moms, stay at home moms are less than like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know any stay at home moms. And I know a lot of them because all of our friends have stay at home moms that aren't constantly figuring out how to do this or doing this or making this or, you know, doing something. If it's not running a yeah. business on top of running a home, just running the home mm-hmm. and making sure everything works so that yeah. we can go out and do the work stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Was any, yep. Were any of y'all's moms work stay at home moms? No. Uh, no, I don't think mine. No, nope. Me either. Uh, my mom was a hairdresser, though. It was a little bit different, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that's part of it, too. Like, in, in our fathers, too, probably worked, you know, yeah. uh, cubicle sort of job. Like, every, literally every man in my family, going back to as far as it goes, worked in a factory or the military. Mm. Like yep. my, my father, his father, his father, uh, not all the uncles and stuff, you know, went to right. college and everything, but my, my father. His, my father's in the military. His father worked at a PPG glass factory. His father worked at a factory. Uh, my mom's father worked at worked for GM and was in the military. And his dad also worked in, in the factory, as far as I know. My nana's dad was in the military. So, like, <laughs> that's the predominant thing is either military or a factory. There's nothing wrong with either of those things. Right. I, I'm the first man in my, my line of, of, of family to go to college and to have this sort of thing when it means nothing now, now it's like, <laughs> might as well be my dad going to graduating high school, which is like, Oh, right. I, my granddad didn't, yeah. as far as I know, graduate high school, his dad didn't graduate. So my dad was the first to graduate high school. I was the first to graduate college. And, and you know, my dad was in the military and I work in a cubicle now. So, <laughs> and they could probably do stuff that you don't know how to do. Oh yeah. Oh, right. Absolutely. Like, I mean, oh man yeah but, I think but it's now interesting. i think with the technology we have with youtube and internet and all these things at our fingertips we i think are the most equipped to learn and teach our kids anything yes right our parents didn't have youtube if they wanted to learn something they didn't know to teach me they'd have to like study and go to the library or something or find mm-hmm. someone who knew how to do it and teach. Yep. we can snap our fingers and, and tap our fingers and learn anything learn how I to mean, do anything and not just to learn it kids. 
not just to learn it, but to get it. Like the other day I ordered a hundred piece sewing kit of like every presser foot you could need from China yep. for like nothing. Like I can, <laughs> yeah. I can run it's a factory out of my house. Yeah. It was, it was basically, it was, uh, I got it on wish. So we'll see how long okay. it lasts, but uh, like I could run a, a sewing, I could do everything that it would have taken a whole sewing factory to do at my kitchen table. Yeah. Exactly. No effort. Like, I know. But, like yeah, you said, I think also... about that with gardening. Like I can go to the the nursery and get all the gardening supplies I need, whereas my ancestors yeah. had to like, like build that. it. They like, had to go chop yeah. a tree down and then like <laughs> smooth it down to make a rake. And like, well, just the rake. idea that you can go buy seeds. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's crazy. I <laughs> we don't think about, about like, that. Our ancestors would be like, oh, what? You can go <laughs> get seeds? Right. You know, the, the companies that produce seeds are the real MVPs because they, to – what I've learned through this is to even save seeds. You usually have to let your harvest go past the ripeness and then you can save your seeds. And it's like, these people are growing massive amounts of food and then not even eating them. Right. You know what, you, seeds. you know what I heard? I heard I, I, this like conspiracy doomsday prepper thing, whatever. Uh, and, but it might not be, it's pretty, makes a lot of logical sense uh, that we have a, an entire, world redo of seeds oh yeah I've heard as that. far as like if anything like buried in antarctica somewhere oh, it, yeah it's in a vault yeah it's, it's in the a seed vault, vault. Yeah. yeah like it's yep. like a vault like where we could like but of everything so if like yeah. something happened we could just redo the whole yeah world that's of, a real thing agriculture. <laughs> yes it, and great, it's a good idea right? i think actually that's a great <laughs> idea but it's like wow but the fact that we think something like that is needed is kind of scary well, I, I mean, it goes back to the culture. It just shows you, though, that maybe you should know how to do something. Have, right? have you ever – did you ever see Tomorrowland, the Disney movie? Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, so, it is a post-mill movie. Isn't it? Oh, yes. man, it really that is. It is a future is, the, is great. We're going to grow, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, man. It's not so, It's not zombie apocalypse. Well, the thing that's interesting – so Tomorrowland, the whole idea is that uh, in the 60s, Walt Disney and all these other geniuses got together and built a parallel – futurist society where everything is perfect and their goal was to introduce it to our society like we're going to bring you all with us into this great world that everything is better we fix so it. tomorrow they have tomorrowland at disney world where right. it's like a futuristic sort of like flying car kind of thing. i bought that little pin when we went to disney world because i wanted the, the little the tomorrowland pin. yeah oh it's so cool <laughs> but uh there's a part where they're saying that we tried to basically the tomorrowland gave up on our society because they were saying that we we wanted to give it to you but when we analyze the things that you guys were putting out in the culture, all of it was nihilism. All of it was apocalypse movies. All of it was dread fiction. All of it was yeah. just horrible stuff. Like we have a cultural nihilism where everything is the end of the world. Yeah. And what happens after? Like how do we re- – well, we don't rebuild. Like The Walking Dead, they're never going to rebuild. It just oh, gets I know. Worse That's why I stopped watching it. I'm yeah, like, oh, it's, so, it's so nowhere. depressing. Like, you it just, just keeps getting worse. <laughs> everybody you like dies. Everybody's a horrible person. There's nowhere to go from it. Like, it's all the comic. The comic got the comic book got good. It's, it kind of jumped in the field. I don't know. I stopped watching the show long. Like, I've yeah. heard the comic. I didn't even know it was better. still on. The comic oh, yeah. is really awesome because it does show like them in the future with horses and farms and like right. being self-sustaining and like kind of redoing, restarting society kind of thing. It's really cool. But we have like an obsession with death and <laughs> the end and things yeah like the apart. future is just bleak the right. future is just bad There's eventually no so, everything no gives up for optimism in the future there was yeah. a youtube video i watched and it was interesting because it was a uh, computer animated so it looked really cool but it was like uh the death of the universe in 15 minutes and it basically showed you like the projected idea of like when the sun burns out and heat death and all of that <laughs> and it's like it's really depressing that people put so much work and effort into something that looks beautiful, but it's about the end of everything. 
Like yeah. that's what we're obsessed with is the we're end of obsessed everything. with our own mortality. Right. And yeah. well, because we don't think anything comes after. Like that's the end. Yeah, are you are you what what's your eschatology? Um, I don't really know. Actually, I don't study end times a lot. Uh, I've told Abby this before. I have somehow managed to avoid all end times. Well, it's time to get into it. <laughs> only because I want to. Oh, re- no. um, I have my. I want to study it for myself and see what my what I come up with. I'll like get some books. Reading. I'll get some yeah, books. We'll get some books I just I'll need, need the Bible, and I will. I'll read well, it. I want to. I want to see what my brain comes up with. The thing I, like, is, what's interesting is I don't want anybody else's polluting my mind. The three of us. The three of us. Oh God. Uh, the three of us don't agree exactly eschatologically, but we both, we all three have an optimistic view of the end of everything. Like there yeah, is. Yeah, no I end do too. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, the new kingdom will come down, you know, and we're all going to be really happy. All tears will be wiped away and such. So that's good. We can agree on that. <laughs> and that's kind of what I was thinking about with all of this stuff going on. Like the panic that set in with all of this is because people realized for the first time, like, oh, I could die. I could and, die. And, and I what happens then? Done, what have I done? Right. Yeah. Right. And, what and then, next? well, I just see the selfishness of people mm. too. And it's interesting seeing all the people panic by at the store and then seeing all my homesteading friends that are like, how can I help out my food banks, my communities mm-hmm. and my elderly? Right. Cause yeah. it's, I don't know. Having, having a garden is really nice. Cause I have thought about the old lady behind me and I'm like, you know, I'm going to feed her if right. I need to. Right. Cause she can't have a garden. She's old, you know, that's why we should all do what we can do to help out those who can't, who really cannot. Well, to do that, you have to value older people, and we don't do that as a yeah. society. Oh, my gosh, I know. We, oh, There's I, a, I'm, I was listening to this podcast, and they were talking about a book called Blue. It was about blue zones. And the, the idea of a blue zone, it's where people live longer, like substantially longer than other people, and it's in random little pockets of the world. Yep, yep, and I know what you're talking about. One of the things they found out that adds to your life expectancy is if you're valued as part of your mm-hmm. society. Like older people in that society do garden and they help raise children. So like they have yeah, they're value, right? They the feel family. important. So like they have a oh, reason yeah. to keep going. Right. That's like, why people yeah. after they retire, a lot of men after they retire, they just drop dead. Cause, Cause what do you like, do? I don't have a reason to you've been, a, you've been a cog your whole life and now you're not a cog anymore. <laughs> well, at least I wonder. I like a purpose. I, yep. I wonder if there's a correlation with women too, um, who are so depressed and so hooked on all kinds of pharmaceuticals because it's if you look at ancient history and civilizations the way women always gained respect was to have a large family and to Mm -hmm. have tons of children and that's how they gained respect the more kids you had the more respect you had in your community um, I mean, that's, not that we can all have like 15 kids now, but <laughs> I mean, we could, you know what I mean, we could, we <laughs> they, could they now, valued with, you. we could now with less risk than at any other time in history. Like, no. yeah, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also so, have yeah. 15 kids cause only five of them would make it. <laughs> yeah, true I know. Too. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, well, you that's need the it on the work your homestead. <laughs> that's the verse, right? In yeah. Proverbs that the, the children, uh, the man with many children is like a man with many arrows in his quiver. A quiver. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, he won't he won't be ashamed when he's at the gate with his with his <laughs> yeah. uh, neighbors. Like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah especially if you're training all your children up in the way they should go. Mm. You know, those are just. I always tell like like Christians are always like, I don't want to have kids in this world and all of that, and I'm like, you need to have all the kids and be tra- training them up on the gospel so that they can go out and spread that beautifulness in this horribly ugly world. Like, well, don't worry. I think we have. That's why they're arrows because they go out. Well, I think yeah. we have that idea down a little bit of like Christian, good Christian people should have a bunch of kids or at least, you know, not abort them. Be pro family. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah like family, if, if you get kid. pregnant, be, it's good. It's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, like children are a blessing. We have that idea. Mm-hmm. It's the education part, I think, mm. of the time. That the, yeah. world, that the world is winning at of like we're having yep. the children yeah great have 10 kids but then you're gonna send them off don't to, send them off to public school yeah to be educated what's the right. point they're gonna lose you know they're gonna be indoctrinated well, with wilson yeah wilson was the one i don't know if you ever heard him talk about the story but when he was younger and he was protesting at a gay pride rally not even protesting just handing out material like you know preaching the gospel uh his kids were with him and he remembers somebody in that opposition telling him like we may not get you but we'll get your kids mm. and he said oh no you're mistaken not my kids maybe somebody <laughs> else's but not mine and he wasn't wrong <laughs> yeah that's he started classic christian education right yeah. and so. I, man I, it's just such a depressing thought that we keep having kids and giving them somebody else to turn into what they want them they, we don't make see them in their image. that i think that's the problem is we don't see public school as the danger that it is it's just so normal and institutionalized and normalized that we don't see it as the danger that it is or that it can be well i mean uh, it wasn't as blatant as it is now yeah for a long oh time. yeah i know That's it's true. so obvious now People like when i was in school yeah like yeah it, it just wasn't the, the, just the idea of drag queen story hour is like how is that a thing that is going on that just nobody cares about yeah like the like it's it's not even the idea that you would introduce your children to like alternative sexual ideas it's the idea that you would introduce your children to sexual ideas at all well, exactly it, that's it, the problem like why do they why can't they just be kids why do they have to be right. so sexualized either yeah. way well because the, well, okay. Stop it. because they know the parents are talking about it and they well, yeah. talk about it i mean so we it's know like, why. oh someone else can have that right. that's great <laughs> yeah. you know? well yeah. i i you know controversial statement i think the end goal of all of this is the normalization of sexual the normalization normalization of sexualization of children is be, is to slide pedophilia yeah. in as like a oh, yeah. normal thing um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, you separate uh, them from their parents. You make abortion whatever accessible without anybody's consent. You teach them about sex early so they think it's normal. And then, how do you not expect pedophilia to just become a regular thing at that point? Yeah. Oh yeah, basically the teachers are grooming the children at this point. It's gross. Yeah. Well, um, and, and it's even it's even before that, the idea of evolution and 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 just the big like the big bang and we're all stardust and Mm. stuff and you know john piper said you know we're surprised you know when we're we're teaching kids that they're animals and then we're surprised when they start Mm. teaching but they start killing each other like animals in the schools you know we've Mm -hmm. we've taught them yeah they're just they're just matter in motion evolved molecules, evolved societies of bacteria we expect them to value human life Mm -hmm. what are you talking about you can't that and that's the that's what that's what a lot of the world the secular world is trying to do is they want the apples but they want to chop down the tree Mm. but Mm -hmm. still go back for apples they want the results of this and that's that's the thing too is there is no morality without christ there right. is no reason. Right. There's no logic. He is right. the logos. He, he right. is, there is no rationality without the God of the Judeo-Christian Bible. That, that's it. The godless worldview does not provide the preconditions necessary for reason or logical morality. But we want all these things. We want to be rational. We want to be moral. But we don't want the source, the only source from which it comes. So we're trying to chop down the tree and still go back for apples. Mm. Just, it, you can't. Like, that's just insane. So we yeah. have the source of truth. But we're sending them off to this insane war zone. They make bulletproof backpacks. Did you know that? Yeah. Bulletproof backpacks. You don't have to send your kids there. 
Are you? Oh, you, I know. Everyone that's Are you crazy? Like, what? Well, that's the solution? Bulletproof? Or the people that are like, we have to do active shooter drills. I'm like, or don't send your kids Or don't send them. Or send yeah. your kids right. to the active shooter locations. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, it's a prison and it's a hunting ground. <laughs> On a, it's just insane. Like I mean, like, but think about that too. Uh, that if you don't send them, somebody shows up at your door and is like, "Hey, uh, we're from the law. We're here to find out why your kids aren't at school." Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like truancy yeah. is a crime. That's so weird. Like we built you this, and also you have to go. Yeah, and if you're like, but my taxpayers, or my taxpayer dollars actually are funding the full thing, and I want to opt out. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, well, do we got time to get into taxes? <laughs> That's a whole other. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm about to have to type tap out. My five month old is like, I want milk. Yeah, we should wrap up. Yeah, I know it's it's getting late. We should we should definitely wrap up. Any, I know my uh, kids still running around. <laughs> any closing thoughts me. or anything? Uh, I think this has been pretty good. I've learned a lot and definitely been inspired. Uh, so I hope everybody else has. Um, is there any closing thoughts or just kind of like, you know, Brianna, when you were coming on here, did you kind of say everything you kind of hoped you would share or is there anything that like you want people to know um, final thought kind of thing? Just pray about the direction that if you're not sure what you want to do, pray and God will show it to you because he definitely did for us. And we found what we, he, what he wants us to do. And it has all worked out very, very well. He's made a way for every single thing and every failure that we've had doing this, we've learned so much so that we can learn teach other people. And if you fail at something, it's okay. <laughs> wow. It's perfectly fine because Wait, it's not you, the end of everything. If you fail, it's at something? not. <laughs> yeah. If your seedling gets cut down by a stupid bird, <laughs> It's okay. You've now learned how to make a bird shelter for your seedlings. But do you know how profound, like everything you just said in that one second was so profound. Like if you fail, it's okay. Yeah. And yep, the fact that some, sometimes yep. your failure isn't your fault. Circumstance happen and you can't control mm -hmm. it. Well, there's, yeah. something to, there's something to learn from every, every failure. Every failure right. is a lesson. I heard this story oh, yeah. about this, heard this story about this guy in the corporate world, in the business world. He uh, made some terrible mistake and did something wrong and it cost the company like a million dollars and he was like i'm fired that's it like i you know i screwed up and i and i failed and i if i caught i cost the company a million dollars and he goes to his boss and is just like ready for the axe and he said you know okay i expect to be fired whatever and he says fire you we just why, why would we fire we just spent a million dollars teaching you a lesson <laughs> and yeah like you're never gonna make it again so now you know more than anyone not to do That's this right. and how to get past this and, it, and it's yep. like he it was just like blown away like whoa like yeah that was a million dollar lesson you just learned mm -hmm. we're gonna, it was like we, we're gonna spend all this money on you to learn this lesson and we're gonna keep you you know, it's like, yeah. wow, what a, what a way to look at <laughs> failure and like screw ups and stuff. Like, wow, that's, well, I that's mean, really crazy. Back to school, you don't get a second chance if you fail. You just, you, well, you failed. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, that's great. Brianna, thanks for coming on. Thanks for making yeah. the time. I know it's hard Thank with you. kids and stuff. And yeah, we, uh, I think this was definitely beneficial. And um, yeah, it was awesome. I hope it was beneficial for everybody watching. And uh, yeah like it share it you know if you find value in this just tell others and, and just let us know and comment we'll have feedback and everything i know we didn't really get to any comments today but um yeah so uh yeah i hope this is beneficial for everybody it's definitely beneficial for us and uh awesome
It'll, uh, yeah. just side note, it'll probably be up on YouTube tomorrow. So if you did miss it and you want to watch it in entirety, just we have a YouTube channel. It's pinned in the comments. So check that out. And yeah. Cool. Like cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, thanks everybody. Yeah. Thank you guys. Bye.